You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What is good, everybody? Welcome, one and all, to TGI Football here on the SB Nation NFL Show. A reminder before we take any more steps further that this show is presented to you by DraftKings Fantasy Sports. Check out what DraftKings has to offer this season with code SBNFL because life's more fun when you are in on the action. DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void or prohibited. See DraftKings.com. For details, as noted, this is the SB Nation NFL show. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcast, leave a rating, write a review. You can also watch us on the SB Nation NFL YouTube channel. I imagine, we imagine that you may or may not be listening to us while you're traveling for the holidays. If so, uh, happy, safe, wonderful travels and memories to you. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. My name is Arjo Chow from Blogging the Boys. I am joined, as always, by Brandon Lee Gatton from Bleeding Green Nation and Steven Serta from Arrowhead Pride. Steven, you told us right before we started recording slash streaming that you recently decided to rewatch Game of Thrones. So why are you a masochist? <laughs> um, I think House of Dragon really kind of got me into it. And Game of Thrones was something that I watched the first episode the very first night that it aired. So I was week to week the entire series and had never binged the entire thing. So I decided to binge it when House of Dragon was on and just got so mad at myself once I got to the final season. I it was it was like living through it all over again because it's so good up to that point. And then you get to the final season and they just ruin everything. Mm, BLG, you decided to cape for lost. So um I think that that has right. casted a shadow on the direction your thoughts and opinions are going to go in this particular episode. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to all the <laughs> listeners out there. I will say first I will preface that. And uh next I will ignore your comment and say we should talk about football. Uh, well, we're going to do that. We are going to review Thursday Night Football and the love fest that Sean McVay is suddenly under. Uh, we are going to offer our pick three segment, which is, of course, presented to you by our friends at DraftKings as well. And we will fly through all of the week 15 games, including week 16, excuse me, um, with a preview, including the Monday games, because there are obviously three of them. And there's the big time one on Christmas night. We'll definitely touch on that. We do not have, by the way, everyone, uh, an episode of Monday Football Monday coming to you on Christmas Day because it obviously is Christmas. So without further ado, let's get to it. BLG, you wanted to talk ball. Sean McVay's Rams are now north of 500 with an 8-7 and seven record thanks to a 30-22 to 22 victory on Thursday night against the New Orleans Saints. While it ultimately was a one-possession game, this was really never in doubt for the Rams. They were kind of in cruise control as the Saints were floundering and Twitter was discussing how stuck they are with Derek Carr's contract in 2024. I mean, the Saints are not a good team. That's not breaking news, but... Look at their wins this year, okay? You have the one-point win over the Titans week one. They beat the Panthers. They beat the Patriots. Cross the Patriots. Um, beat the Colts. Okay. That's, you know, that's a decent win. Um, that was in Indy, too. So, I'll give them that one. That's a solid win. One by 11 points. And then it's the Bears. It's the Panthers again. And then it's the Giants. So, you know, they haven't... They're just... They're not as bad as other bad teams, but they're certainly not a good team. Um, the Rams are clearly better than them, and credit to them for taking care of business and kind of surging here into the wild card. Um, I don't know, uh, lock of uh, what I, we'll see what spot they get, but it seems like they're a good bet, certainly sticking out above the competition when it comes to the likes of the Vikings and the Saints and whoever else you want to put uh, in that Seahawks. there. Seahawks, um, who, yeah, the Rams uh, beat twice. So having the head to head over them, kind of a nice little thing for them as that goes with that tiebreaker. So, yeah, I mean, they're they're a solid team. I think you've been saying you, I know not, I think I know you've been saying kind of a team that you wouldn't really want to play if you're the two seed. Um, so maybe it's a uh, depending on how the seeding shakes out could be like a inter- interesting uh, Stafford versus the Lions. Lions yeah, yeah. I think the way the NFC playoff picture is 
right now, which is uh, 49ers, Cowboys, Eagles, Lions, Bucks, Rams, Vikings. Like that's the best NFC version of the playoffs we could get, I think, because especially when you factor in this Rams team and the Vikings are still fun and entertaining, even with Nick Mullins, like that, that game was awesome last week and they're getting <laughs> Justin Jefferson back and Jordan Addison's great and TJ Hawkinson, like, but the Rams are so much fun. And I've been gushing over Matthew Stafford because he's been incredible this season. And, you know, they're, they're a team that's kind of in rebuild mode and they just hit on this insane player in Puka Nakua, who just continues to be an absolute monster is totally within reach of the rookie receiving record now. Like it, they're just a fun football team. And when we get into the playoffs, I want to see fun teams. I don't want to see the Atlanta Falcons or the new Orleans saints. And the bucks are at least like interesting with Baker and Baker's kind of just putting it all out there this season. And Mike Evans is still having a great year. Like they're at least an interesting team to watch. Like get the saints and the Falcons out of here. Give me the Rams. Give me the bucks. Give me those teams in the postseason Cause those are the teams I want to see. Yeah, I think that's why Thursday night was important. It was a massive swing in probability each direction for the winner and the loser, obviously for the Rams and the Saints. Um, and I agree with you, Stephen. I don't, like, I know the Saints technically are alive in the NFC South. Nobody cares. Nobody wants to see, except for the five seed, whoever that winds up being. That's the only team that's interested in the Saints finding a way to win this thing. Whereas the Rams, I so I think we all agree, the top four teams in the NFC playoff picture, however you rank them, are San Francisco, Philly, Dallas, Detroit. The Rams are fifth, right? Like we we agree the Rams are a better team than the Bucks. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think this is the most impressive coaching job that Sean McVay has ever done, BLG. I mean, mm. you could argue that like every year to this point, they've had some massive influx of talent because of the F them picks <sighs> and blah blah blah, all that movement. But like we we all thought really lowly of this team. We all thought they were gonna crater and finally gonna have that first round draft pick and it was gonna be top of the order, but like they I don't want to say they're making lemonade out of this, you know, this lemon situation because they do still have a lot of superstars. But this is a really what did they have, like 20 rookies or something like that at one point in time? Like Sean McVay deserves his props. Well, I mean, to some extent, in part because uh, expectations were well, expectations were so low because they had one of the most pathetic Super Bowl defenses ever last season. And they were really bad last year. So the bar was lowered by himself to then set him up for success this year. So like. You know, uh, part of that has to be acknowledged. But I do agree that, you know, obviously not a lot of expectations for this team. I forget their projected win totals. They had to be pretty low. I'm sure they're over that already now. So certainly for the expectations um, that were set uh, exceeded that. And look, when you talk about a young team like this, um, it would kind of make sense that that team's going to have struggles earlier in the season, might be starting to figure things out a little bit later in the year. That's kind of the benefit of you know playing young guys is like there's a startup cost there where you might not fully figure it out early in the season and you're gonna have to take your lumps a little bit but in theory they might start to uh kind of get adjusted and you, you might see that development over the course of a season and i think that's kind of a little bit what's happening here uh with the Rams. steven is dennis allen a part of the saints in 2024 no i hope not um <laughs> I wish they would just commit to a rebuild. Like, what are we doing, New Orleans? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's been years of this now. Just yeah. total mediocrity, total cap hell every single year. Keep investing in these old quarterbacks who aren't going to win you anything and get you anywhere. Like, that that Saints defense has been really good for a really long time, and they totally wasted that window for that side of the ball because now it's getting up there and now they're aging out. Like they, they just totally wasted this window in new Orleans and they need to just, just pull the plug and, and commit to a rebuild. So I am totally in favor in with all of that. Just get rid of everybody and reset. Cause that's what you got to do at this point. Also like oddly went all in, you know what I mean? Like last year they traded their first round pick to the Eagles. The Eagles also have their second Two round pick ago. still. They, I mean, effectively. Yeah, but I'm saying, yeah, last year, yes. in The, the 2022 the, the, NFL draft. Right, but the Eagles had, yeah. And then, yeah, and then, again, the Eagles have the um, Saints second-round pick this year. So, like, you went all in on this window post, like, Drew Brees. And, Andy Dalton last year. Yeah, and, and <laughs> kind of not, I mean, Sean Payton was there until, obviously, before this season. But still, like, him kind of being on the outs, like, that was the time to go all in? I think that. 
I talk about this a lot with the 2015 Cowboys, how they thought they could just like pick back up where Dez caught it. Like I reference that all the time. I think obviously devastating playoff losses are devastating, but they are also devastating because of the long-term lasting effect. And I think that New Orleans, I don't say talked themselves into because they were a really good team, but like the uh, the Minnesota, Minneapolis, whatever you call it, miracle, like that really, again, I, I wouldn't say like tricked them, but like they hung on to that for too long. And I think they probably told themselves after they lost to Tom Brady's Buccaneers in the 2020 divisional round, like, oh man, we just ran into this like really stout Bucks team, you know, blah, blah, blah. We'll just run this back without Drew Brees. We're totally fine. Like they've been clinging to that hope for way too long. And that was 2020, bro. Like that was three years ago at this point in time. So um i'm glad we don't have to talk about the saints as far as previewing games so are you all ready to move on yep. yes pick me one two three pick one on three pick three presented by DraftKings sportsbook all right let's get to our pick three segment which is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the nfl download the DraftKings sportsbook app today and use code sbnfl for a special offer when you sign up that is code sb NFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Last week, we touched on the Cowboys visiting the Buffalo Bills in what was technically a game, but more like a one-sided affair. Uh, BLG, you were the only person to successfully hit on your prop mm-hmm. deck. Prescott took care of you at the very end in some garbage time stat padding. You are 9-6 and six on the season as far as successful prop bets with our pick three segment. Mm-hmm. Steven, pick it up. You're 6-9. and nine. Meanwhile, I have fallen and dipped below 500 at 7-8. Wow. and eight. BLG, we're touching on the Cowboys visiting the Dolphins this week. So where are you going and why? I want something interesting to root for. So that's kind of my angle for this same game parlay. Although it is also backed up in a little bit of probability in that the Cowboys have tied for the second most two-point conversion attempts this season. So I'm going to say it doesn't even have to be them. It could be the Dolphins. One of these two teams is going to successfully convert on a two-point conversion. Obviously, it's kind of a bit of a unknown because you don't know if the situation calls for it. But screw it. I'm going to say it happens. I'm going to say there's a lot of points in this game. And at one point, a team gets desperate and goes for two. And my parlay hits. My leg of the parlay hits. <laughs> okay. Um, I like the the wonky, weird two-point conversion attempt um i think you also maybe have to be rooting for like a missed extra point early on or something to kind of force that issue to, to kind of be at hand or a penalty um, could be a penalty on the you know the, right the right kick, and then you right. get it from the one you just sneak it in well somewhat offer that this is kind of a, a horrible bet then because you're actually kind of fundamentally betting on two things as opposed to one um you do have the longest odds by the way of our three props um i'm going with um a player who i don't think who I don't think we've ever said his name as far as uh, discussions about the Cowboys on this show, at least Rico Dowdle, not Tony Pollard, Dallas Cowboys running back um, two games ago when the Cowboys uh, beat the brakes off of the Eagles. It was very clear that they wanted to run the ball a lot. They kind of want to get to that. Oh, it's late December. It's playoffs. You got to be able to run the football. He had 12 carries in that game uh, as they salted things away for 46 yards. Last week only was able to get three because things got out of hand so quickly for the Cowboys and they weren't able to run the ball at all. I am taking the over on Rico Dowdle rushing yards, minus 120. Got to hit the over on 17 and a half. So 18 rushing yards, pretty simple. He's a a hard, thorough, tough, rough runner. Uh, I feel very good about this, Steven. So how are you going to disappoint us and be the one person to bet? (laughs) I'm betting on Dak after a down performance against the Buffalo Bills. And also... So we're just done with Dak as MVP now. Go one, off, one, King. One, Go one, off. One rough performance and it's gone. It's over now. We're just going to totally disregard everything else that he's done this season. Um, but I, I think this is a good bounce back spot. The Dolphins defense, I think, is tougher than most people give it credit for. But I think it's a good bounce back spot for Dak and the offense overall. They got to score points in this game. So I'm taking Dak Prescott over one and a half passing touchdowns. And I do think we're in for a, a good game between these two teams and i hope we do get a lot of points i think that's a good bet steven if i trust anything on the cowboys to bounce back it's their offense i do not trust dan quinn up against a um a branch of the kyle shanahan tree um that has not been uh, you know a situation that has worked out well for him in the past uh but we will see uh the total line on our same game parlay brandon is plus 650 please explain what that means if you bet ten dollars you would profit sixty five dollars Wow. What's, you know, not Christmas yet. So what would you get Steven for Christmas with $65? I'm going to get Steven a gift card to AMC. 
how much value for the gift card? Um, what am I going to say? Like twenty dollars? Well, I don't know. Another <laughs> forty-five. Yeah, I actually, mean, sorry, Stephen, I'm going to do that. Got it's twenty. 25. Like, I think twenty-five. So a good. Impact. I was going to say, is that even enough for like? Yeah, it's, a def- it's definitely not enough for like a ticket and, and like a snack. Uh, but mm-hmm. might cover just the ticket. So, um, pretty yeah. selfish move on BLG's part. Wow. Uh, that is our same game. Probably brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's get to week 16. Uh, We have a lot to get to, obviously, in a very condensed, short amount of time. We hope to keep it entertaining. Like I said, if you are traveling, if you're with family, if you're already annoyed, whatever the case may be, we're going to have a good time. Uh, We each hold a zap. Uh, If we are not in the mood to hear what anybody has to say about a team who they do not cover, we can zap them, and all they can do is provide their pick for the game. We will each provide a lock of the week. Brandon, you missed last week. Um, No, I'm sorry. You, Yeah, you barely missed last week. Barely, yes. The the line moved right when we had this conversation, uh, and that was a really bad beat for you, but you are 10-4-1 on the season. I am an abysmal 5-10. Five and ten, <laughs> Stephen. Um, you are a king, not just for your thoughts and Ooh. takes and opinions on Dak Prescott, but in this competition, you are thirteen and two. Stephen, what is your secret? Uh, I pick games that I think are locked. Yep. You know what? It's really <laughs> sometimes just that simple. Uh, so be on the lookout for who Stephen gives the. Um, what's the opposite of the kiss of death? Like the kiss of life. Sure. <laughs> Okay, kiss of life uh, coming from Steven Serta in just a little bit. First up on Saturday afternoon, yet again, the Cincinnati Bengals will be visiting the Pittsburgh Steelers. Brandon, the Steelers are three-point home dogs. Uh, the Pittsburgh situation, there's a lot of like dysfunction in the NFL that I think is overshadowing this. This is kind of – the wheels are falling off. I don't know that I am confident in the above 500 thing sticking for Mike Tomlin this season. I can't bet against it. I know it doesn't feel right because of what they've done recently. It's hard to lean this way and they just ignore that. But I, I think I have to lean with history. I also have to lean with the history of Mike Tomlin as a home underdog. And I like this Bengals team. Obviously, I locked them up last week against the Vikings. They fell half a point short of, well, it would, it would have been a push. Wouldn't have hit it still. But in any case, um, I just I can't bet against the longer track record that the Steelers have, even though I think I like, you know, the Bengals outlook a lot more here. So I am kind of regrettably taking the Steelers with the points. Yeah, this is actually my lock of the week, and I'm going to take the Bengals here. Um, wow. It's I know there's no Jamar Chase for Cincinnati. Obviously, that's a concern. But T Higgins finally had a monster game last week. And Mason Rudolph, like we're really going to bet on that Mason Rudolph is some kind of like drastic improvement over Mitch Trubisky in this game. I just don't really like where the Steelers are at right now. It's every week it's George Pickens or Deontay Johnson showing a lack of effort and and not trying very hard. And Mike Tomlin just coming up with reasons why, like, oh, you know, we'll we'll address it. We'll take care of it. Like it's just it doesn't feel great right now for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And also I know the Steelers beat them the last time they played. That was the post Matt Canada game where, Oh my gosh, the Steelers had this legendary 400 yard performance and scored 16 points. Like I'm just not in on the Steelers. So I I really like Cincinnati and what Jake Browning is doing right now. And I think that Zach Taylor is just kind of coaching his team up better at this moment. So I'm going to go with the Bengals here. I think the Bengals and Zach Taylor are kind of the new age Steelers and Mike Tomlin, like the team that just kind of finds a way the Mm. team that, you know, will grind it out, whatever their circumstances are. And I think that 
you know, Mike Tomlin and the Steelers, if not for the Patriots and Bill Belichick this season, would be taking all the heat for like legacy team that can't get it done, like the team that, you know, we've known to be super successful, even though their record isn't necessarily super embarrassing at this point in time. Um, I can't believe how much I trust Zach Taylor. Like I really, he is an, I think still an underrated head coach. And I am kind of happy for him that he's able to pull this off without Joe Burrow. I miss watching Joe Burrow play, but it is cool for Zach Taylor to kind of make his mark on his own. And the Jake Browning thing last week was super cool. Obviously, there was the moment on the sideline that everybody um, kind of enjoyed. Uh, I am partially, I'm not going to lie to either of you, picking against the Steelers because I'm already annoyed at the amount of Mason Rudolph, Christmas, puns, jokes, limericks, whatever the case may be. Uh, It's going to be obnoxious. So I'm taking the Bengals, which means BLG, put on a jacket. Fun fact about the icebox. Winter is coming. I'm in the icebox. Steven, we go to Los Angeles where the Buffalo Bills will be visiting the Chargers. Um, I say this not because it's an ad or because um, it's super duper important, but if you are getting set to watch these games, this game's on Peacock exclusively. Uh, so mm. if you're wondering where the game is, you just flip it around. Uh, if you're, I don't think you're, anyone is wondering where this game is. <laughs> what do you mean? If you're going to watch it, you have to know that information. Like it's, I don't it's think not, anyone is like, oh, I have to watch Bills Chargers. I'm. It's on Saturday night. If you're going to be around family and you're the like some everybody's got that person in the family steven i'm sure it's you like hey steven can you fix my phone can you you know my my apps aren't working whatever can you touch this up whatever they're probably like steven put the game on the tv if steven didn't know that the game was on peacock now he does we're providing a service around here so no i'm not saying it's not worth mentioning i'm saying no one's watching this game PLG, yeah. why don't you chill out just a little bit? Anyway, uh, Stephen, the Bills are in L.A., and the Bills are kind of the talk of the town now after looking like a monster. Yet again, they are 12-and-a-half-point road favorites against the Brandon Staley-less, Joe Herbert-less Chargers. It's so bad for the Chargers that no one in the world is like, they're going to get a post-head coach firing <laughs> bump. Like That's how bad it is, getting absolutely just destroyed by the Raiders on Thursday Night Football last week. And I, I just don't know Keenan Allen in this game. Like Just nothing is going well for the Chargers, and the Bills are red hot. Like I just, It's just going to be an absolute destruction by the bills in this one so it was 11 and a half before keenan allen got ruled out now it's up to 12 and a half and i think the bills easily cover this blg Mm -hmm. this this seems like the kind of game where somebody had a conversation with the super clever charger social media team it was like just we don't need it this week you know (laughs) just just let the game unfold don't you know people are mad you know just let them be mad i did like the cameron dicker video i thought that was funny that's good uh former eagles legend cameron dicker I am going to take the Bills, obviously, to roll here. And I think it's specifically a big day for their passing attack, especially like after they just ran all over the Cowboys. It's like, well, all right, now we got to get the passing attack going again. And I think that's exactly what they'll do. Yeah, I think if you're a Dolphins fan or a Jets fan and you were kind of like enjoying the Bills downfall, this is a really annoying weekend for you because mm-hmm. like pe- people are going to be like really, I mean, I'm not like mad about this, but like people have been fawning over the Bills this week. It's it's getting taken up like a gear uh, this coming week because of how big time this game is going to be. Also, we are going to get shoved down our faces, Brandon, on Sunday morning, how massive the number was for Peacock, like the most streamed game ever <laughs> uh, in NFL history or something like that. So be is it the only game that's ever been on Peacock? So it's easily going to be the well, most streamed if, game. If Peacock? you're measuring it against streamed games, then Amazon's Thursday night games would be the only real competition. Um, yeah. And yeah. Cowboys Seahawks from a few weeks ago is kind of like the bar to clear. So we will see. But uh, it's exclusively on Peacock. For anybody who needed to know, Brandon hated you, just so you know. <laughs> anyway, uh, BLG Sunday's action takes us from the Detroit Lions to the Minnesota Vikings. That's a weird way to say that. But the Lions are in Minnesota, uh, and they are three-point favorites on the road. If the Lions win this game, they win the NFC North for the first time in a million gazillion years. Ever. Yeah. Right. First time ever. <clears throat> they used to play in the nfc central or whatever anyway uh the lions are gonna win this game the vikings uh were more feisty than expected last week against the Bengals, but still i am not putting any faith in nick mullins and i think the lions offense is cooking and they will continue to do that and it's a little suspicious that this line is only three so maybe it's more of a competitive game than i'm giving it credit for but i am gonna roll with the lions here who 
have roar, control at roll roar with the line of the number two seed, as we pointed out on the NFC East mixtape this week. So they are certainly still uh, playing. They have a lot to play for still. So I think they're going to take care of business here on the road. Yeah, I think you have to go with the Lions in this one. And Nick Mullins was super fun last week. Those two touchdown passes to Jordan Addison like easily could have been interceptions, though. And you're not always going to catch those breaks. So I don't trust Nick Mullins whatsoever. Um, you know, it is a decent matchup because that Lions secondary is still super suspect. But at the end of the day, I just think the Lions are just a better football team. And when they put it all together offensively, I don't think there's any defense in the NFL that can truly shut them down. So Minnesota's defense is playing really well right now, but I'm going to go with the Lions here too. Um, I agree with you, Brandon, that the line is interesting to say, to say the least. It's an interesting number, not a big number. Um, and I'm kind of excited to watch the Lions in a closeout opportunity. Go win the division. Go slam the door shut. Like I, we haven't seen them in this kind of moment in a very long time, obviously. Um, and so I'm hopeful, but again, intrigued because if they fall short, then man, that's a long kind of conversation to have people have about you. You know what I mean? Like, oh man, they can't. You know, they're not closers. Blah blah blah. Uh, but I will give them the benefit of the doubt, nonetheless. Um, go Lions. Get it done. Uh, all right, uh, Stephen. The Seattle Seahawks are in Nashville taking on the Titans this week. The Seahawks coming off of that miraculous Monday night win against the Eagles, the Titans coming off of a very bitter, somewhat humbling loss to the new Houston franchise. Uh, Seattle are three and a half point favorites on the road. So I think there's a chance Gina's good in this one. Like they took it, they literally took it right mm. up to kickoff last week. So I would assume that Gina's got a chance to be up in this game. Uh, if not, it's going to be Drew Locke, but the Titans are, might be at without Will Levis, too, so they could be back to Ryan Tannehill. Um, I, I just think the Titans' season is over, and the Seahawks are still fighting for something here, and they they really need to win. They're coming off that huge emotional win with Drew Locke, and that was a really cool scene. Um, so I, I'm going to take the Seahawks here, but I, I am still weary of this game because I feel like the Titans always put up more fight than I give them credit for. Brandon, do you agree that it was a cool scene on Monday night with the Seahawks? Yeah, it was, it was great. <laughs> so I don't love the line here. I would I would not bet this either way. I don't love this on either side. I guess I would lean Seahawks. I just I don't love that short week for them traveling across the country. Um, Titans can put up a fight in a given game under Mike Rabel. Might not necessarily be totally checked out. Uh, at the same time, the fact that this Titans team lost to the Texans last week minus CJ Stroud. And as Steven said, the Seahawks have more to play for in this one. I will lean towards them. Yeah, I mean, I do think this is kind of a test of the Mike Vrabelness of the Titans because to Steven's point, like whenever you are kind of ready to bury them, like they, you know, I'm not saying they like bounce back with a force, but they do bounce back. Like they never really allow you to kick them when they're down. Um, I don't trust the Seahawks that much to your point, BLG. Uh, but if I have to pick one way, I'm, I'm not comfortable giving the titans points especially without will levis so i'll take the seahawks uh clean sleep all the way around speaking of houston steven and emotional kind of things um they are in all likelihood not gonna have cj stroud again uh they host the cleveland browns there was thought once upon a time this would be deshaun watson against cj stroud that's obviously not going to be the case uh houston are three point dogs at home and a very important wild card potential game in the afc playoff picture yeah, Houston winning last week with Case Keenum is really impressive. Just a really impressive coaching job where I felt like they had no business winning that game. Um, but just long term, like it, the the fact that CJ Stroud, like they came into this week and were uh, basically immediately like, yeah, he's probably just not going to be available this week. Like that's a little concerning for CJ Stroud dealing with a concussion, but. I think at the end of the day, like Joe Flacco is playing well, but also turning the football over a ton every week, but seems to continue to find ways to win games. Uh, and the Browns defense is still really good, despite the fact that they're banged up. So against Case Keenum, I'll take the Browns defense really more than anything in this one. So I'll go with Cleveland. Yeah, Miles Garrett's been pretty unstoppable, even if it's not always apparent in the box score, as Kevin Stefanski pointed out. But just watching him on some of those reps, uh, especially late in the game last week, it's just he's just taking over. Uh, he had a huge TFL, I believe, late in that game that really kind of set up the Browns for a crucial stop at the end. So, uh, yeah, I like this Browns defense a lot. Believe in them. 
and Flacco is doing just enough at the very least to get it done. I think the Browns are surging. I like their vibes. They're going to win. They're going to cover. My favorite part about the Joe Flacco story is how like horrible it continues to make to look the Jets, right? Like it's like, oh, if you had gotten just stable quarterback play with an elite defense, you could continue to be a playoff hopeful. Who would have ever possibly thought that? And so um, I'm so bummed for the Texans. I really because they're they're not just in the playoff mix. They, they could win the division. Like, I mean, it's it's there like Jacksonville has opened the door for opportunity there. And so um, it's just a bummer. I don't know how they, they get it done against this ferocious pass rush. It's just I feel bad, but I'll take the Browns because. If I have to make a pick. All right. Speaking of the Jets, um, they are hosting the Washington Commanders this week. BLG, do you know the line? Jets minus three. It is Jets minus three. How on earth is this possible? Like what what could possibly <laughs> happen? Uh, a little while ago before or actually after we started streaming, uh, Adam Schefter noted that Trevor Simeon will start for the Jets on Sunday. And um, okay. what a tough scene. I feel horrible doing this. But I'm going to lock up the Washington Commanders because if you're going to give me three points against the Jets, I mean, again, I recognize the Commanders. It's the Commanders. I recognize that, and they're a mess in and of themselves. But the you mentioned the word vibes with Cleveland and with like every word you ever say in life, the vibes are right. all time awful with the Jets. Mm. Like everything is so bad. Activating Aaron Rodgers, kicking somebody off their team, and and taking their job away for this entire circus to continue. Like I, I mean. I'm, if I'm betting against anything, it's against the like energy that is surrounding the Jets. Everything is dysfunctional. Everything is broken. Everything is awkward. Everything is clunky versus the commanders who are kind of lost in the wilderness. But I could see them having just, you know, enough of a day to win. That's all I have to do is have them win to, to establish my lock. So, Stephen, do you like my lock? And what are your thoughts on this game? Um, I guess. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I just don't like this game. Um, wow. I don't think the Jets should be favored by this much over anyone, uh, but it just speaks to how down the commanders are right now. Like the commanders committing to Sam, how like he is the future of the franchise is just so dumb. And, and like Jacoby Brissett, like came in last week and immediately was like, Oh, where's this been at all, all season? Like you have weapons on this offense and it's fun to watch. And Jacoby Brissett's that just eating sacks and throwing interceptions like crazy. Uh, I think I guess I'll take the commanders here just because uh, I I, I want to bet on you, RJ. More yeah. than I want to bet on you. You guys are crazy. This is insane. Going in, I'm going in the icebox for the Jets. Um, oh, dude. You, I mean, you're calling like, us insane. What the, when is the last time the commanders won a game? You can't even. You don't even know. Both of you probably well, don't I, even I, know when. I haven't. I've given. Not. I've been given two That's seconds. That's my of point. Thought. Like, if the fact that you can't even remember when's the last time the Jets won a game, they just beat the Houston Texans recently, thirty to six. They've done something relatively recently that's kind of nice. And meanwhile, the Commanders not only have they not won a game since November fifth against the Patriots by three. Remember, points. remember the fifth of November. The, good movie. <laughs> Their last four games have not even been competitive. They got they. They lost decisively. It's the Jets. Brandon, to the Giants. The... Let, hey, let me finish. They got blown out by the Cowboys. They got blown out by the Dolphins. They had their bye. And they essentially were blown out by the Rams. They had those gar- they garbage time scoring that made the game look closer at the end than it really was. I mean, the Rams controlled that game and let their foot off the gas. That was never really a, a game in doubt for the Rams. So, uh, and, and, they, and it only was better once they put in Jacoby Brissett, who they're not going to be playing this week, as far as I know. So, yeah, I mean, the Panthers have been terrible. They're doing the right thing, and they're organizationally trying to lose, as they should be, because they're currently number four in the draft order, and they have a chance to move even higher, depending on if we see the Patriots or Cardinals happen to win any games here. Um, that's what they should be doing uh, as an Eagles fan. I would rather them win and ruin, up and ruin their draft positioning. So I would like to see them win this game, but I don't think they will. Jets win. Jets cover. To be clear, I'm actually rooting for the Jets. Fun fact about the icebox. Winter is coming. I'm in the icebox. The Jets winning helps the Cowboys strength of victory, which is a potential real tiebreaker in the NFC East race. And so um, I hope that my lock is wrong. But, dude, the Jets are so bad. Winners are worse. I want to say, though, I'm really proud of NFL fans. That like the moment the Rappaport and Schefter tweets come out this week and they're like, oh, Aaron Rodgers is being activated and like, and everyone's just like dragging it. Everyone's like, this is stupid. Like every, everybody, like n- I haven't seen anyone who's like bought it. Like nobody's like, wow, how cool. You know what I mean? 
Do we agree that the Jets have a good defense? Yes. Sure. Do we agree? That what the do the Jets Commanders are... have a good anything? I think they have a good thing going for them, and that they're not the Jets. I mean, like right. that's you know. <laughs> anyway, right. uh, shout out to um to that game for being kind of juicy here on uh, on TGF football. Stephen, the Indianapolis Colts are in Atlanta, where the Falcons are two and a half point favorites over the potential AFC South winning Indianapolis Colts. They might be the team now that benefits from Jacksonville and Houston situations. I feel like the sports books really disrespect the Colts every single week. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't really uh, understand why Atlanta's favored in this game, especially after losing to the Panthers last week and everything is unraveling for the Falcons right now, setting up perfectly for Arthur Smith to get fired. I, I hope that happens because I want to see the talented players that Atlanta actually has succeed in some way. So I'm going to take the Colts here. Uh, they're just, they're more interesting. They're more fun. Their defense has been playing a lot better than I think anybody realizes. So I'll take the Colts on the road, even though Atlanta is favored for some weird reason. Going into the season with Desmond Ritter, who I was the only one who pointed this out, that he was bad. Uh, but it's ins- <laughs> jokes aside, it's insane. Like, how did they do that? That was always insane to me. It's like, really? This is like, you're selling people on this? Why? He is horrible. He's not playable. It's not even just bad. It's just like, you can't have him out there on the field. It's unwatchable. It's garbage. He's terrible. He's not a real NFL quarterback at all. Just no, it's it's like Tim Boyle. It's it's just not it's nothing. There's it's not a real starter in the NFL. And yet he might be out there. Maybe it's Taylor Heineke. I don't care. Falcons are terrible. Their vibes have been awful consistently all season long. Meanwhile, Colts are certainly, I think, um playing above expectation. So give me the Colts. I mean, give me the Colts minus two and a half. I'm why aren't yeah, like why aren't they favored? Uh I really like them with the points. I I think that every year there's I know you don't play fantasy Brandon but Steven you can attest there's like the fantasy playoff MVP like the person who just like really like carries you to a title over that that two week stretch and Jonathan Taylor we think coming back has the potential to be that dude right like just show up and like go off over these next two weeks I'm partly trying to manifest this because I'm in this situation with JT uh so uh but tell me that that doesn't happen you know what I mean like tell me it isn't just like a historic day for Jonathan Taylor and he's doing the like sideline interview afterwards and they're like you know doing all the Christmas flair and stuff like that and the Colts are like leading the AFC South, you know, race or whatever the case would be like. Everything's kind of coming up Colts. I'm really proud of them. I've been really hard on the Colts and they have powered through. Good for you, Indianapolis. Uh, well done. Well deserved. I'm taking the Colts if that isn't obvious. I kind of regret not making this my lock of the week, but I wanted to go somewhere Same. different. Um, also, I kind of want, I'll be honest with you guys, I kind of went Commander's Jets because it was like red and green. You know what I mean? Like I, it was kind of that way. Um, so <laughs> No, from, it's, it's literally not red. <laughs> Speaking of green, uh, the green Burgundy isn't red. The Green Bay Packers, Brandon, are in Carolina, the house of winners where they beat the Atlanta mm-hmm. Falcons last week. Uh, despite that, though, the Packers are five point favorites. Can they get this done? They're on the verge of a playoff ticket themselves, obviously, if Minnesota flounders and falters down the stretch. Packers have been disappointing after it looked like they had a really prime opportunity to surge here. But I mean, even so, the Panthers are just still truly very terrible. And I will easily lean with the Packers. I mean, I know I was gonna say maybe the Panthers cover. No, Panthers have been terrible. They're trash. They're horrible. It's just that I mean, can the Packers beat themselves? Yeah, we've seen that some of that. So I worry about that part of it. But I do not worry about the Packers getting beat by the Panthers. I I agree. The Packers have been disappointing. Like after that win over the Chiefs, it really felt like this team's putting it all together now. And these young players are finally hitting their stride. And then it's just like immediately back to super inconsistent. (laughs) And so that's been frustrating. But like all you have to do against the Panthers is run the football. Now, the Packers haven't been good at running the football this year. But everyone has success running the football against the Panthers, except for Arthur Smith last week. Like, (laughs) literally everyone else this season has had success running the football against the Panthers. All you got to do is give the ball to Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon this week, and the Packers will win this game because the Panthers are that bad. Like, that's all you got to do, Matt LaFleur. You don't got to make it complicated. You don't got to put Jordan Love in a bad spot. Just run the football, and you guys will win. It's as simple as that. The Panthers have been so bad that I know they're not the newest team in the NFL, but like they're the ones that like 
mean the least to me. Does that make sense? Like, and last week wearing those black helmets, like we don't need everyone to have black helmets. They looked awful. Like everything mm. about the Panthers is a joke. Like their uniforms, mm. their operation, their coaching staff, their ownership, like their talent on their team, like nothing. I want nothing to do with the Carolina Panthers, their stadium. Like I don't even enjoy watching it. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's all gross. It's all insignificant. Um, and versus like maybe the most story team in the NFL and the Green Bay Packers don't want the most pageantry. You know what I mean? Like it just is like a conflict of good and bad things. So I will take the Packers. I will more than have, I'm more than happy to lay five points at their, um, at their name. Uh, the battle for Florida, despite the fact that the Miami Dolphins live and exist, Brandon, the Jacksonville Jaguars are visiting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The status of Trevor Lawrence remains unknown. I would say that it does not seem likely that he'll play, but this has been a weird situation for some time now. The Bucks are coming off of an impressive win against the aforementioned Packers where Baker Mayfield put up the first perfect visiting passer rating mm. uh, in the history of Lambeau Field with more than five passing attempts. Uh, they are three-point favorites against the Jaguars. Yeah, Jags have been flipping a little bit here, which is atypical of a Doug Peterson team. Typically, Doug's teams are playing their best football in December consistently throughout his head coaching career, other than his last season in Philly, which is obviously uh, not all his fault, but certainly part of the problem. Um, yeah, I think the Jags are too good to lose, what, this would be their fourth straight loss here? Yeah, I think they're better than that, even with the Lawrence injury. I think they find a way to figure it out. I think the Buccaneers are coming off a good game, but I am not like ready to buy into that as much as I think they are still inconsistent and have their issues. So I actually like the Jags here to win outright. Uh, I'm certainly taking them with three points. So Doug Peterson did say this morning that Trevor Lawrence is going to be limited in practice today and has a chance to clear on Saturday, which seems like that's a rush to me but it seems like he's got a legitimate chance to play which early in the week it did not seem like that was going to be the case here so i mean if it's lawrence i i think the jags definitely win here the bucks even though they've put together some nice performances here recently and baker's had some good games um i think the jags really need this one and this is a great spot for their pass catchers the bucks secondary has been bad all season so if Trevor goes or if it's CJ Beathard, like uh, I just tend to think that Doug Peterson's really got something in this game because he knows how bad the, the Jags need this. And mm -hmm. so uh, I, I'm going to take Jacksonville here, uh, whether it's Trevor Lawrence or CJ Beathard. I'm going to take the Jaguars as well. Wow. Um, but I mean, because I think that we're really maybe like as an NFL fan group of humans, like overreacting to the Bucks win last week. I think I think the Bucks win says a little bit more that the Packers just aren't quite there yet. Um, kind of like no offense to the Chiefs, Stephen, but like the Packers went to Kansas City and won, and it was like, oh no, I'm sorry, they beat them at Lambeau, and it's like, oh man, they beat the big bad Chiefs, and it's like, well, this this isn't the like big bad Chiefs. Like they're still big and bad relative to the field, but like this isn't like the most you know elite version or whatever. And so, um, cool, you went to Lambeau, the pass rating thing, blah blah blah. I do trust Doug Peterson more than I trust Todd Bowles. Um, I do think the Bucs are still going to win the NFC South. Um, I do think the Jaguars need it more. Um, so, yeah, I'm willing to to trust that, but I don't feel great about it. This is probably the pick that I feel the least confident in, and I locked the Commanders up against the Jets just for full context. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, let's move on. Um, Steven, I'm going to zap you. I don't want to hear anything about the Cardinals in Chicago, um, but the Bears are four-point favorites. Did you know originally the Cardinals played in Chicago, RJ? <laughs> <laughs> I hate RJ that. loves this because of the Steelers it, it, Eagles. It, it, it will be said a hundred times. The original Chicago Cardinals. It's enough. We know. We know. Um, well, Steven has to make a pick, Brandon. Um, that was very rude of you. I'm gonna take the Bears in this game. Yeah. Okay. Um yeah, I'm gonna take mm, oh man. This is really tough. Jonathan Gannon versus Justin Fields. Who do I who do I fade more? I'm gonna say. It's a tie, and therefore the Cardinals cover. Boom. Um, I'm gonna take the Bears. This is the like, they continue to pick up these weird wins, and then like I don't. I'm not saying they're pounding their chest, but people like me and Steven really want to pound our chest and pound their chest for them. And so like this, this is like again trying to manifest on my half, like a or my behalf, like a big Justin Fields game, and we're like, see, see, he really is great. Blah blah blah. They, um, do you really believe they can? bring him back next like they can't they can't if, if you I mean, have the number one back, overall but i don't I mean, know that, you yeah 
you can't pass on it if you have the number one overall pick you can't and you traded away it last year you can't pass on drafting a quarterback you can't do that the value is the value no, no, the value no in taking it literally no I, one is arguing with you. <laughs> i see a lot of discourse online it's like well should the bears like stick with justin fields yeah and pass well, on a quarterback again no I mean, you have to take a quarterback at this point there's discourse online about everything brandon welcome to the internet i mean well i'm you know, trying to get your take on it. i didn't know your take i think we all have the same take and it's that i don't you, think that's true they should take a quarterback but they didn't lose last week because of justin fields that all of that is that's true. right i'm not even saying it's not even just about they, that. they have problems think... that extend beyond justin fields but they still need a reset at the position I've seen like national writer discourse in terms of like, can Justin Fields do anything, you know, in these final games to can no, there shouldn't the be anything. The purpose of zapping Steven to... was to not spend a lot of time on this game. So, well, you know, that was your choice, but that doesn't mean you <laughs> didn't zap me. I can say what I want. You didn't zap me as well. It's not a double zap. Doesn't work like that. So oh, man, we should, prov- we should have like a prize where somebody earns a double zap. Like, that should be a thing. Um, Maybe Steven gets it because he gets the most locks, right? At the, well, assuming he continues to lead. Steven, um, you have a double zap remaining because it's Christmas. You know what I mean? That's our gift to you. Uh, so you No, I don't that. agree with that. You have to co-sign. <laughs> you can't just unanimously. You, Steven, congratulations on your double zaps. zap. Well, the, we're double zap. double zap. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe we call the double zap like a zip zap. You know what I mean? It has to have like a cool name. It can't just be a double no. zap. You know, <laughs> so um, the uh, the Dallas Cowboys are in Miami to take on the Dolphins, Steven. The line opened at Miami minus two. It's kind of closed a little bit as the week has gone on. Now they are favored by one point. A lot of people call this the fraud bowl, the online writer discourse, as Brandon likes to reference. Your thoughts, your takes, your opinions, your beautiful words. I, I've i been going back and forth with this game all week. I'm really skeptical about the Cowboys here just because of – like the road stuff and but at the end of the day when it comes down to it i think the cowboys overall are the more talented team so i think i'm gonna go with dallas here because i think if we do really want to have a fraud off here between these teams that can't beat good teams like the dolphins are i think are the bigger fraud like they're a very talented fun to watch team they have not beaten a good team all year like they they just simply haven't they absolutely destroy bad teams and they struggle against good defenses that can match up better with them personnel-wise. So I think the Cowboys need this one. Uh, I'm going to go with Dallas. I'm going to take the Dolphins as my lock of the week because I think the Cowboys' road struggles are, are a real thing. Like I, I, What did I say last week when I, I picked the Bills and I also made the Dak Prescott over on the interceptions, my leg in the same game parlay, which hit. I said that clearly Cowboys have been – been the same team on the road and specifically too as it relates to the mvp conversation that was broached earlier in the show there's really never been an mvp that has had like that drastic of a home road split that would be like kind of unprecedented to give him that award so i'm leaning into the cowboys road struggles continuing now i am worried because the dolphins are like incredibly banged up but if tyree kill plays which seems like he there's optimism that he might um that i think the dolphins can still put up a lot of points and i think it's a coin flip game so you know coin flip game i'll take the home team i'll say the dolphins win um by the way a note for next year's version of tj football i do think we should um institute rules that you can't lock the same or against the same team in consecutive weeks and i think we should track our records with specific teams like it'd be cool to know like i'm four and oh locking the like chiefs but i'm like oh and six locking up the vikings i think that'd be cool so just i disagree with the you can't lock I didn't lock up the Bills, by the way. But you locked um, against the Cowboys, I thought, last week. Uh, maybe, no. yeah, whatever. That was my um, same game parlay leg. Is, the Cowboys you know, have been on, on everybody's minds. Sorry, America's team. I don't know if you knew that. Anyway, um, so um, I think this is a game. I don't want to say that the Cowboys need more, but that the Bill, I'm sorry, the Dolphins might overlook just a little bit more. Uh, Miami hosts the Ravens next week. And I think if you're a Dolphins fan, this has been my point all week long, you're probably telling yourself, look, the Ravens are going to lose on Monday night to San Francisco, and then we have our chance. We have our opportunity, obviously, to potentially take over for the one seed. Now, obviously, that those odds are aided with a win against the Cowboys. But if you ask any Dolphins fan which game they'd rather win, it's the Baltimore game. And, well, I, and then they have the Bills after that. Right. And I would imagine that, you know, again, if it's like, man, Tyreek is like 93 94%, it's like, Man, this is if we can drop one of our final three games again, like this is all true and, and well. And I that's, know. I mean, um, 
But the Cowboys, it remains to be seen whether or not Tyron Smith or Zach Martin are going to play on Sunday. So that is obviously a big deal for them. I do believe in the bounce back on offense, um, which is why I like Stevens prompt. I am terrified uh, for the Cowboys defense's sake. I wrote an article that will be coming out, and I talked about that, about how this is this is your kind of litmus test. Like, how ready are you for Kyle Shanahan's offense? Or even the Rams' offense. Like, they're using motion all over the place as well. Mm-hmm. And that's what the Cowboys really, really, really struggle with. And so um, I'm going to pick them. I do think that they are the better team here. They have not lost back-to-back games in over two years, which is a testament to how, you know, they tend to flush bad or poor performances after they happen. Uh, but I do think it's going to be uh, a bit of a difficult afternoon that they hopefully come out on the right side of. So that takes us not to Sunday night football, Stephen, because that is a brand. Um, the Sunday night game, Brandon, uh, so everyone is well aware, is on NFL Network, not on NBC so, you know, if you're thinking, oh, let me flip on over to NBC after the Cowboys beat the Dolphins. No, I don't know what you're going to get. Maybe like Charlie Brown's Christmas special or something like that. This is on NFL Network, the uh, New England Patriots visiting the Denver Broncos. Steven, I already used my zap, but if somebody wants to use it, um, the Broncos are seven-point favorites at home. They're wearing their um, their uh, ice cap, all-white helmet things, if you care about that. Mm. I'm I don't think I, I'm gonna watch this game at all. Um, but I'll take the Broncos. Broncos for me. Yeah, I don't want anything to do with the Patriots. Um, so wow, how amazing that we're all so comfortable laying seven points <laughs> on the Denver Broncos. Patriots um, not trying to win. The uh Christmas games. First one, Steven. Uh the NFL hates you. It doesn't want you to enjoy Christmas with your family. Mm. The uh, Las Vegas Raiders will be at Arrowhead, and they are ten point underdogs in the process. Yeah, it's it's one of only three noon kickoffs for the Chiefs the entire season, but it's on a Monday on Christmas Day, so nice. not really any favors with this noon kickoff. Um, I'm going to take the Chiefs in this one. Uh, the Raiders did play them really competitively in their first matchup. Um, but just the Chiefs, it's you know, I, I won't say that the Patriots game made me any more confident in the Chiefs moving forward, but at least Rasheed Rice is trending in the right direction. And he's actually playing like wide receiver one snaps now, which took us 15 weeks to get there. But he's finally playing like 90 percent of the Chiefs offensive snaps and is clearly their most viable weapon outside of Travis Kelsey. They should have Isaiah Pacheco back in this game after missing a couple of contests. So. I just think the Chiefs defense will also get it together. They struggled a little bit against the Raiders and Aiden O'Connell in the early part of that game last time. I don't think that's going to happen at home on Christmas Day. So I'm going to take the Chiefs here, and I'm going to take them to cover. We have a big number alert, 10 points, but I actually am going to take the Raiders to cover in a Chiefs win. I think the Raiders, whether it's a backdoor cover, whatever, I think the Chiefs just haven't always found it a way or haven't found a way to make it look easy. And I think the Raiders have a little bit of pep in their step uh, at this point in the season. So I think they make it competitive game, but they lose. I'm with Brandon. I'm taking the points, but also taking the Chiefs. I think this is the Antonio Pierce locks up his spot as the 2024 Las Vegas Raiders head coach performance. Moral victory. Uh, Right. Um, This is And like, I'm not saying it's like a ridiculous claim that they could even win outright. Like that's kind of the Raiders Super Bowl every year, right? It's like going to Arrowhead. Like was it was it the John Gruden Raiders that like circled the stadium or whatever in the buses? I mean, like it's pathetic, but like again, that's kind of what they get up for. And they've had you know the mini buy to get ready for it. They have a lot of positive juice and energy flowing their way. Um, they can go really kind of throw the Chiefs into further turmoil and further chaos. So I think those things. They don't matter to every team or every whatever, but like I do think they do matter to the Raiders. So that's why I will definitely take the points. But if I have to pick a winner, it's I'm not betting on the Raiders to win. So mm-hmm. Let's be real. So uh, I'm taking the Chiefs. So uh, Christmas afternoon, Brandon, again, the NFL. BLG, you want to celebrate Christmas? No, not going to happen. The New York <laughs> Giants are in Philly to take on the lost three games in a row. Eagles haven't been in their building, correct me if I'm wrong, since the San Francisco game. Um, but despite everything that's happened, they are 13 and a half point favorites there because the Giants are that bad. This line opened at Eagles minus 10 and a half. It swung three points to the Eagles like that. That tells me the Eagles are winning this game. Now, will they cover? I can't possibly give them that benefit of the doubt after they've lost three games and more troublingly to the Seahawks last week in Drew Locke. So um, I don't love the cover just because... I can't trust them. It's more about I am taking the Eagles to win simply because the Giants are terrible. The Giants rank 
32nd in DVOA. They ranked 32nd in point differential. They had that cute little three-game winning streak, but let's be real. That was a win over the Commanders, who, for even as bad as they are, the Giants have been since, like, 2017, one of the worst teams, the very worst teams in the NFL. The Commanders are, like, the only team that they've been able to beat in that stretch throughout that. Uh, So you have that. You have their win over the Patriots, which came down to a missed field goal by the Patriots at the end. So kind of fortunate that they even won that game. And then you have the win over the Packers, which is a legitimate win, although it kind of looks a little bit worse with the Packers crumbling a bit here. So I don't really think that the Giants are going to be able to win this one unless the Eagles tremendously just beat themselves. So I will take the Eagles to win, but I will take the Giants to cover. I'm going to take the Eagles to win and to cover. Um, I know the Giants have been more prickly lately and the Eagles are struggling and everything, but they just need a big perform, big like monster blowout win. And they've got good matchups across the board in this one with the pass catchers. It's it's a really good matchup for DeAndre Swift too to get going. He's been struggling lately. So I'm going to take them and the points. I think this is a big Eagles offensive output game. I think that Nick Sirianni had the biggest loser energy comment of the year this week uh, when he said that they were fishing for a penalty at the very end of the game against Seattle. Um, That is a, I mean, I I don't know what the toughest part of the tough scene with the Eagles is right now. Like the Matt Patricia stuff, the the Jalen Hurts commitment comment, um, which seems to have softened as the week has gone on. Uh, But Nick Sirianni flat out admitting that that was the strategy is just a, big loser energy moment um that being said if it was almost literally anybody else i think i would take them to win because i think the eagles are that down or down that bad um so i'm going to do the take the eagles but take the points thing um this isn't our same game parlay game but if it were i would take the over on tommy devito rushing yards like i think this is going to be like a tommy devito just scrambling like a million times and maybe that's enough like you know that like i think that's the script if the giants do pull off the win it's tommy devito has like 97 yards rushing and two touchdowns on the ground uh but yeah i mean this is this is a really interesting spot for the eagles i'm fascinated to watch them and fascinated to see how nick sirianni pounds his chest uh for beating the lowly giants afterwards but um those are my thoughts, which takes us to Christmas night. Uh, Steven, ESPN's got to be thrilled because they have Andy Dufresne this. They have crawled through some stuff to get to a good game. Like they <laughs> they have put up with some stinkers, although the doubleheader lived up to things uh, a few weeks back. But the Baltimore Ravens are visiting the San Francisco Giants. They are five and a half point underdogs. I do want to say while this... Well, the Ravens are. Um, no, you said San Francisco Giants. Yeah. Oh, my bad. Well, they exist too. Uh, got, anyway, got, um, Yoshi. Uh, on- anyway, um, <laughs> while this game is big, Stephen, it really almost has like no legitimate implications. Like, oh no, whoever loses this is still probably going to be the one seed at the end of the day. But it is, you know, maybe the two best teams in the NFL. Uh, certainly going at it. It's obviously a Super Bowl rematch and somewhat recent that- memory. Okay, I'll take the Niners. Pay the points. Uh, I'm going to take the 49ers too. Um, I, I think, I, I think the Ravens lose this game, but I don't think they're going to lose another one. Like, I think the Ravens are going to be the one seed, um, for all the chiefs fans holding out hope that the chiefs can somehow get it. I just don't think it's going to happen because that defense is so good. Um, but at the end of the day, San Francisco offensively, like they just haven't run into anybody who can actually stop them. And until they do, I'm going to keep picking the 49ers. Yeah. I've been seeing, you know, comments from the raven side of things like that they feel disrespected because of this line i don't really think it's an indictment of them it's really just a testament to just how good and far ahead of every other team that the niners are in the league right now uh i don't think anyone can beat the 49ers in their current version the only way i think they lose a game is they absolutely just lose it them they they beat themselves they kind of just have a bunch of turnovers self-inflicted errors if they do that sure any team can kind of lose that way but i don't think any team is especially going into San Francisco and just flat out just being the superior team against them and just beating them. I don't see that until uh, there is reason to believe that there's a reason why the line is this big and it's because the 49ers are going to win and they're going to cover the Niners just for the record can clinch the one seed this week. If they win and get losses from the Eagles, Cowboys and Lions. that's unlikely, but it is you right. know something that can happen this week. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Those are all of our picks. We will not have an episode of Monday football Monday as mentioned. We hope you all have a Merry Christmas. Um, get what you want. Uh, Steven, if you could uh, tell us your favorite Christmas thing you're going to eat, that would be cool. 
Um, I was gonna make meatball subs this weekend. Ooh. Oh hell yeah! What a great have, like, answer. Christmas thing, but that that's my plan. Sometimes. Okay. Text us a picture, like us as in me and Brandon, not everyone listening to this. Um, so, so uh, Brandon, what's your thing that you're gonna eat? I, I think I want some pierogies. Always would do a Polish Christmas because I'm half Polish growing up. So we do pierogies, kibasa, among other things. So probably the staples. Uh, my thing is we're headed to Sam's. We're going to smoke some Cornish hens, but uh, I'm going to get some crab mac and cheese that they have going on, which is great. And a pecan pie. So I'm Ooh. really, really, I'm, I'm pumped to eat a bunch of food on Monday and watch you to work a lot. Cause I want Sam's. Have... Yeah. Sam's club. Okay. Um, I have a pro tip for people out there. Do you want to hear it? I'm sure. here. I guess. <laughs> Are you excited? Um, the mac and cheese at Costco. Fantastic. What you do is you get that and then you pair it with the buffalo chicken dip spread that they have that comes in this big container. And you just put some mac, you obviously make the mac and cheese, put some of that on your plate, and you also spoon some of the buffalo chicken dip on your plate and kind of mix it together. It's fantastic. So your your big hack is putting a protein in mac and cheese. When I just it's described so that I was gonna have crab mac and cheese. It's so it's so much better than that. Steven, <laughs> you know what's really good? is you go get a hamburger from one fast food restaurant and then you go get the tater tots from a different one and you put them on the same plate and you eat them together. Have you ever thought about that? I've done that, I think. Mm. You have to do that if you're going to In-N-Out because In-N-Out's fries are not good. Yeah, not great. Merry Christmas, everybody. And to all, a good night. Happy Friday, TGI. 